Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour one. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation this fine Monday. I hope you got blue skies wherever you are. The phone number, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. We, we got to begin with uh, the president's no comment. I assume you've heard by now. The President of the United States has been on his beach vacation. Now, you should know that uh, Washington historically, traditionally shuts down for the month of August. Congress goes home. The President goes on vacation. Uh, Federal employees and the people who work in the political and, and lobbying sector, they all go on vacation in August. School starts back right after Labor Day. Uh, Most of my friends who live in the Washington area are on vacation right now. The president is on vacation. Hawaii has been burning. The president of the United States asked about the wildfires in Maui that have now claimed upwards of 100 people, was asked, and he said, no, no comment. No comment on his beach vacation. Uh, They have now, in 22 minutes ago, released this tweet The Biden-Harris administration is closely monitoring the situation on the ground and coordinating with FEMA state, local, and federal partners to support the continuing life-saving operations. Nope. No comment. In late August 2005, a mammoth storm called Katrina came on shore in South Louisiana. My wife was giving birth in a hospital hundreds of miles away in Georgia to our first child. My parents were just over an hour and a half or so north of where the storm was coming ashore. Called my dad, actually, and asked how they were doing in the storm. And he said they were doing the only thing reasonable people could do eat all the ice cream before the power went out. The storm came on shore. I was in a Kroger in middle Georgia, again, hundreds of miles away, a day's drive from that storm, and we were having tornado warnings. I was hunkered down in a store trying to get something for my wife who had just given birth in the hospital, uh, needed me to go get her something in particular at this particular Kroger, can't even remember what it was now, uh, before heading back to the hospital. And there was rain and storms and threats of tornado from the offshoots of a hurricane that was going on shore, not in Georgia, not in Alabama, not in Mississippi, but in Louisiana, ultimately devastating South Mississippi and Louisiana. George W. Bush 
was president of the United States. Because the flooding was so bad and the devastation so bad from Hurricane Katrina, George W. Bush decided to fly Air Force One low over New Orleans, tip the wings of the plane and turn so he could see the devastation. And the people beneath him could look up and see the president was there. But he did not want to land. One, the, the runway at the New Orleans International Airport was not in good condition. And two, he didn't want to be a distraction, a presidential motorcade. There were still people trapped in houses. There were still bodies to be recovered. The National American Press Corps destroyed George W. Bush for having the audacity to fly over New Orleans and not actually land. They attacked him for flying over the city. They attacked him for FEMA. They attacked him for government incompetence. They attacked him for not moving quickly. They attacked him for not deploying enough resources. They attacked him for the private sector beating the public sector on the ground. And for the record, the religious institutions always beat the private sector, and the private sector always beats the government. That's what's happening in Hawaii, too. The churches come, then the private sector comes, then the government comes. but they attacked George W. Bush. They attacked him for praising Michael Brown, the head of FEMA, who would shortly thereafter be pushed out of the job. This was a storm with devastation the country had rarely seen. My wife and a friend, this friend's family decided not to evacuate South Mississippi. They were far enough inland they thought they would be fine, even with the strength of the storm. They were told they should leave, but they did not want to leave. In fact, the family wanted to leave, but the grandmother was elderly and she didn't want to leave her home. The home was picked up by the waves. What waves, you ask? They were inland. The storm surge was so strong the storm came in and the rivers rose and the house picked up and washed away with the whole family inside. They were all rescued, hanging from a live oak tree, even the grandmother. All of them saved. They were lucky. A lot of people died. A lot of people in New Orleans, the levees broke and they went into their attics thinking they could escape the water and the water rose higher than the attics and there was no way out and they drowned. In Hawaii, families have tried to flee the area of devastation. Their cars got stuck on the road. They were forced to flee for their lives from their cars, many of them choking on toxic air and dying. 93 so far and more expected. Cadaver dogs have only covered 3% of the search area, and the President of the United States is at the beach with no comment. If this were George W. Bush, we know exactly how the media would react um, hysterically and dishonestly. They would scream and cry. One of the most devastating rebukes to the federal government came from my friend Anderson Cooper on CNN. 
He was in New Orleans. He went to New Orleans and he castigated the federal government for its incompetence and slow dealing and its bureaucracy. And it got the world's attention. There's no one doing that in Hawaii right now. And by the way, the Hawaiian government, they're blaming global warming. There is a hurricane. Uh, there was strong wind. They're blaming global warming. Now, you should note that historically, uh, this area of Hawaii has massive wildfires and a lot of uh, man-made fires. Last year, there were numerous uh, arson investigations. It seems like power lines sparked in high winds as well. But they, of course, are blaming global warming, and that seems to be the escape. Also, like, well, we couldn't help it. It's global warming. We told you people these things would start happening, and civilization's now going to have to realize it can't stand in the way of global warming. It's an easy catch for them and an easy escape for the media, willing to blame global warming instead of blaming government incompetence, and government incompetence has a lot to do with it. There are warning sirens for these wildfires that did not go off and warn people to evacuate. The government didn't fire up the warning sirens. At least 2,200 buildings have been destroyed. $6 billion in damage so far. It's a terrible scene. There are people stranded. There are people who had to go into the ocean and hunker down in the water for hours because the shore was on fire. There are people there trying to find relatives. There are people there trying to find survivors. There are people there just trying to find food. Retired fire captain Jeff Bogar and his friend of 35 years, Franklin Trejos, initially stayed behind to help others in the area and save Bogar's house. But as the flames moved closer and closer Tuesday afternoon, they knew they had to get out. Each escaped to his own car. Bogarts wouldn't start. He broke through a window to get out, then crawled on the ground until a police patrol found him and brought him to a hospital. Trejos wasn't as lucky. When Bogar returned the next day, he found the bones of his 68-year-old friend in the back seat of his car, lying on top of the remains of his three-year-old golden retriever. The president has no comment. The president is on vacation. As a matter of intellectual honesty, it's worth pointing out that the president of the United States can do very little in a natural disaster like this. The problem is the Democrats and the media have never shown themselves to be intellectually honest when it comes to things like this. They immediately condemn and blame presidents of the United States for these sorts of things if those presidents have ours next to their name. This is the standard and the precedent. 
whether it's George W. Bush or whether it's Donald Trump and the Puerto Rican hurricane, you name it, they blame the Republicans. They spare no mercy. When a president of the United States like George W. Bush decides to go play golf, he's got to give up golf after 9-11 because the media criticizes him for being on the golf course after 9-11. He can't even go play golf on the weekend with his friends because of 9-11, the symbolism of the president of the United States on the golf course. But Joe Biden can go sit on the beach and say no comment and the media will say, okay, Mr. President, thank you, Mr. President. We love you, Mr. President. Can we suck your toes? They're blaming global warming to absolve themselves. They're saying, see, I told you these sorts of disasters were going to happen. But so much along the way is government incompetence. They're unprepared. They're caught off guard. They don't have the supplies. They bungle. The bureaucrats overwhelm each other. They regulate each other into an action. And the president of the United States sits on a beach and lets others take charge. George W. Bush was vilified for flying his plane over New Orleans publicly stating beforehand he was not going to land because he didn't want to be a distraction. He didn't want to divert resources to himself, and still the American press corps attacked him for a symbolic flyover without actually seeing it up close and personal. They attacked him for that. They attacked him for anything and everything that went wrong. They didn't attack the governor of Louisiana, who was a Democrat. They attacked the president. They attacked FEMA. Now, more than 100 people, it seems, at least have died in Hawaii. The government, through its own inactions, failed to fire up a warning siren that could have helped people evacuate. The inaction is particular. Supplies are low. Individuals are having to pay fishermen to ferry back and forth supplies in lieu of the government doing it. And the president of the United States sits on a beach and tells reporters no comment. And all the reporters are fine with that. You should probably, if you're not already, be asking yourself why exactly that is. And when you figure it out, you will realize just how the odds are stacked against conservatives and Republicans and why we still have to engage and fight and win. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations, and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want 
U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. There is this belief uh, in the mainstream media and among uh, politicians, technocrats, academics that uh, our days are numbered. China is on the rise China will be dominant militarily. China, of course, is is rushing to try to get ahead of us technologically. Don't look now, but the Chinese economy is collapsing. Uh, Our economy is rebounding post-COVID, rebounding in odd ways, in ways that leave some behind and doesn't feel like a recovery to many, but doing far better than the Chinese, which are slipping into uh, depression, like an actual depression, like we haven't seen since the 1930s. Their export boom is over. There's a property slump that is expanding. Uh, Deflation is happening. Their exports have declined 14% this year. Uh, The consumer price inflation is now negative, meaning that prices are in free fall. The banks in China are making fewer loans now than any month since the global financial crisis. Forecasters have been expecting $780 billion In new loans in July, China reported less than half that much. That means interest rate cuts the Chinese central bank has implemented to lower borrowing costs and increased demand have completely failed. The Chinese housing market is in collapse. Uh, Chinese businessmen are starting to leave the country and pull their money out to the extent they're allowed. Uh, The largest property developer is on the brink of default. Uh, major uh, Major shipping companies in China are beginning to collapse and default on loans. There are all sorts of problems in China. And we are told regularly that the Chinese technocrats and bureaucrats can manage their economy so efficiently, so ably, that they're so much better than the free market. They're so much more precise than the free market. They're so much better. Uh, We should be more like China. The Chinese government, after all, can snap its finger and get things done. They can build bridges and highways and infrastructure, and you name it, the Chinese can do it. Except they can't. The fascination of the Tom Friedmans of the world and, and of bureaucrats and the like in this government and in our media towards what China can and cannot do has been staggering and wishful thinking for years, and the Chinese economy is now collapsing before our very eyes. The free market will always beat the communists. That's the lesson here. And our market isn't as free as it should be. If it was more free, it'd be doing even better. Now, speaking of, you know, while all of this is going on, there is a war on cash Right now, more and more governments trying to get you out of using cash. A lot of private sector businesses as well try to get you out of cash into using credit cards. And then the banks come in and exercise social controls. Swiss America's got a great report you should read called The Secret War on Cash. That's right. Uh, If you are interested in safeguarding your hard-earned cash from the secret war on cash, well, I can get you the free report from Swiss America. They're rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. They can educate you on protecting your assets in this free report, The Shocking War on Cash. I got it. 
I read it. There really is a concerted effort to try to get you out of using hard currency. Uh, you know, the the Austrians are trying to enshrine that right in their constitution. Um, and we've got people here trying to move to digital currencies, which I think are a bad idea. You should get the free copy by calling or texting 800-289-2646. It's an all-out war on cash, digital currencies too, growing daily. Read the Secret War on Cash report. It's free. Just mention me when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Message and data rates apply. 800-289-2646 is the number. Tell them Eric sent you. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. BCS-Kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Greetings. Welcome. I hope you're doing well and that you had a great weekend. I want to go to the phones. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. There is some breaking news. President Biden, the White House has just announced, will in fact travel Friday for one week to Lake Tahoe, Nevada. No, 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 no. No, he's not going to Hawaii. No, he's not going to Hawaii. He's going to Lake Tahoe, Nevada for a week. Wow. To the phones we go. Chip, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, that's no surprise. Um, this is Biden's M.O., in my belief. Uh, he's not going to Palestine either, uh, East Palestine, excuse me, to Ohio. Um, also, the lack of remorse to, to uh, the mother of that soldier where he, uh, he basically lied and talked about his son, comparing that to the soldier. And now, you know, here's Hawaii. So, again, uh, it's no surprise. This is a president that uh, lacks compassion in my book. Oh, absolutely. Um, he clearly lacks compassion, unless you can tie it into Bo Biden dying. Uh, maybe if someone tells him that the fires in Hawaii are like the burn pits of Iraq, um, he, he might decide to have some compassion and go relate to those families and talk about how his son died in the sand or some such. Um, and, and for those of you who think this is me being cruel, this is what Joe Biden did to the families uh, of the dead soldiers in Afghanistan, telling them that his son, Bo, uh, died in Iraq, which isn't true. Um, I just it, it, the, and the press, of course, gives him a complete pass. Chip, uh, thanks for the phone call. It, it it's remarkable. And you know, I'd forgotten. Yeah, uh, he didn't go to East Palestine. He kept saying he would go to East Palestine. He kept saying he would go. He never went to East Palestine, Ohio. Um, look, 
This sums up everything you need to know about Joe Biden. When he's comforting members of the military who have lost loved ones, he talks about Bo Biden who did not die in Iraq, and yet he insists that he did and that he brought his casket home in a flag-draped coffin. He said he would go to East Palestine, Ohio. Joe Biden has never gone to East Palestine, Ohio to talk to, comfort, or hear from those people. And now after saying he had no comment about the deaths in Hawaii while on the beach in Delaware, the president is announcing he will go spend one week in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, not Hawaii. That's real compassion from Joe Biden. Perhaps if you do convince him that the fires in Hawaii are like the burn pits of Iraq in which he believes his son, Bo Biden, died, maybe he would go give some comfort to those people uh, and connect with them on some level of compassion towards his deceased son. Otherwise, he doesn't seem to have much compassion for people in national tragedy, and yet the American press corps will give him a pass in a way they never would any Republican president. That's just, how tone deaf is it? How tone deaf, remarkably tone deaf of this president, after, particularly after the, the uh, East Palestine uh, situation, and, uh, and now he's going to Lake Tahoe? Lake Tahoe, very nice place. I've never been. I hear it's beautiful, the Nevada side of it, in particular where he's going. Uh, quite beautiful, and he's not going to go. Just bizarre, but I'm not surprised. Okay, I, I've got to I, I got to shake some things up here uh, now. All of a sudden, I've got to I, I got to um, I got to talk about something more pressing than all the other political minutia of the day right now because uh, I am just getting a text message that uh, the grand jury in Atlanta uh, is not just convening, but uh, that the sources are probably right. They may very well move for an indictment tomorrow and a um, arraignment on Thursday of the president. Part of the speculation comes because security arrangements at the Fulton County Courthouse in Atlanta are, uh, they expire uh, after the 18th. So that leads everyone to believe that everything will happen on Thursday. So I want to explain this for you because now I'm starting to get questions and a little more information. Uh, Former President Trump is on his social media website uh, lambasting Jeff Duncan, the former lieutenant governor of Georgia, for testifying at the grand jury. Others have testified as well, including some uh, less than uh, savory partisan Democrats. I just uh, let me let me talk to you about this for just a minute, because I am not convinced. In all candor and seriousness, I'm not convinced that you're going to get a jury anywhere to convict Donald Trump. Maybe New York City. You say, well, but Fulton County, Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia, Democrat, actually Northern Fulton County, fairly Republican. They're not huge Trump fans in Northern Fulton County, but a lot of people are just mentally exhausted by the whole thing and ready to move on. Uh, I'm wondering if we start to see fall guys in this situation. 
I just so let, let me explain this one to you for for those of you who are new to the program. This is a little bit repetitious for some of you, uh, but you do need to understand this. You can be smarter than your neighborhood here. I am trying to teach you some stuff. Uh, Rico, uh, if you subscribe to my daily email, if you text data to 33777, you can get the piece I wrote this morning uh, describing the basics of Rico. And you're going to hear a lot about Rico because based on leaks from the district attorney's office in Fulton County and based on the line of questioning that people are being asked before the grand jury, it's pretty obvious that Fannie Willis, the DA, and by the way, I've said Fannie Willis, and uh, someone told me the other day it's Fannie, not Fannie. F-A-N-I is the pronunciation. I've been saying Fannie, but it's Fannie apparently. Um, The Georgia, the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO is what it's called. The federal government passed it in the 1970s. Let me just explain to you the way this works. The law was designed to go after mafia and gangs. It is used to go after businesses and others now, which is fair game, but it was designed to go after the mob. And here was the problem that the federal government had until RICO. The mob has different crime programs, so to speak. One group of criminals is engaged in shaking down businesses for protection money. A completely separate group of criminals who know nothing about the first group of criminals is paying bribes to security guards at a port. A third group of criminals, once the bribes are paid, bring drugs into the country. A completely separate fourth group of criminals engages in the drug dealing. And a fifth group of criminals, unrelated to the other four groups of criminals, takes the money, goes to Las Vegas, gambles in casinos, uh, or runs laundromats, launders the money, cleans it up, cleans it up for the books. All of these groups of criminals work separately from one another. They are distinct from one another. In many cases, they have no knowledge of each other. Prior to RICO, what the government had to do is they had to go after each one group individually. And because the mob boss at the top is organizing the whole criminal enterprise, they tried to go after the mob boss, but they had to go after him for each one, drag him into each trial, and most times the mob boss is operating through a series of lieutenants who relay the orders and oversee things for the mob boss, so the lieutenant might fall on a sword and go to jail. The mob boss never does. Once the government passed RICO, they could show, they could take all of these different crime, the money laundering, the drug running, the drug selling, the bribery, the shakedown and extortion. They could take all of them individually, lump them into one case and say these are all independent criminal practices, but it all goes to one large criminal enterprise overseen by this guy at the top. And so they bring in the loyal lieutenants, they bring in the the petty criminals, and they bring in the mob boss. They tie them all together. They show the operations based on the flow of money and how the mob boss has an interest in each of these things for an overall criminal enterprise, and they throw him in prison. That's how RICO worked. George's RICO is a little bit different. You don't have to show a criminal enterprise in Georgia. You have to show an enterprise under the federal statute. Under the Georgia statute, you don't actually have to show an enterprise. You have to show a common pattern and practice that tie everything together. You have to show a, a not a common enterprise, but a common activity. 
you have to show a, a common cause between them, a, a nexus, if you will, of patterns that can be shown and tied together. In Georgia, it's also easier to prove that pattern of conduct. Uh, the federal statute, it's actually a, a big burden for the federal government to have to tie all these things together. It's not nearly as burdensome in Georgia. And also, Georgia has many more expansive crimes. So the federal government includes 27 federal offenses and eight state crimes that can be used to show RICO. Georgia's exceed 40. Lots of additional crimes, including, and this is the notable one, including access of state technology inappropriately using state computers without permission. That's not one of the federal ones. It's one of the Georgia ones. And the Trump team is accused of going to Coffee County, Georgia, down in South Georgia, and accessing voting machines, which are considered state computers, and pulling information off those computers and putting it on a website. Now, the Trump team claims they had permission from the local ele Republican elected official or the elections board operator. The state says that's not sufficient permission. This is how they begin to build their RICO case. You take that, uh, the access to the computers in Coffee County, Georgia. Then you take uh, out-of-state claims because in Georgia you can tie together out-of-state claims and other patterns and practices, and you string them all together. And suddenly you've got a criminal enterprise. Suddenly you've got a, a pattern that transcends state lines that shows racketeering. Here's the problem for the state. And I don't think that the Democrats who are so passionate about prosecuting Donald Trump, I don't think they're thinking clearly about this. I think it's very emotional on their part. How do you tie all this to Donald Trump? Because you see, so I was a lawyer. When my client came to me and had a problem, that problem in this case being, I lost an election and believe it was stolen from me. The lawyer set about investigating. All I did was say, I lost an election and I'm sure I won. But then the lawyers do everything else. I don't know how you tie this back to Trump. That's ultimately the problem here. Like the, the, the classified documents case is a pretty easy case against Trump. If what they claim is true, he's probably, he may not go to jail because he's a former president, but he's, he's, he's in serious trouble in Florida. In this case, like the federal government one, how do you not just say, well, no, I just, I told the lawyers I was pretty sure I won. And the lawyers did all this stuff. Throw the lawyers under the bus. Make the lawyers the fall guys. The lawyers have to start turning on each other, and they've got to make it about Trump. But won't these lawyers be loyal and fall on their sword? I mean, that that's the thing that gets me here is I don't understand how – I mean, maybe there's a paper trail. Maybe it's just direct messages. But I, I got to think at the end of the day, a, a jury may say, eh, I'm willing to throw the lawyers in prison. But I'm not willing to throw a former president in prison. And can you even throw him in prison with Secret Service protection? Do you have to turn Mar-a-Lago into a prison and keep him there under house arrest? I don't know. But what I do know is I just have a sneaking suspicion this is not the cakewalk that the media is playing this out to be. And, and the prosecutor, by the way, knows that. But I just don't know how, in the Georgia case in particular, you tie it directly to the president. Because, you know, he didn't tell Brad Raffensperger, contrary to what the media says, he never told Brad Raffensperger to go find him 11,780 votes. He actually said, I want to find 
11,780 votes. I'm trying to find. He never he never instructed Brad Raffensperger in that. The media says he told Raffensperger to go find these 11,700 some odd votes. That's not actually what he said. He said, I'm trying to find it. And that matters greatly for all of this. Now, what matters for you is your stinky air and whether or not you can get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. In fact, you can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, you put in ERIC, you see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. It's less than $200. You save $200 and you get free shipping. Now, what is it? Well, it is an air purifier, so it gets rid of dust and pollen in the air, but it's an odor eliminator. That's where it shines. That's how I use it. Uh, stinky rental car, stinky hotel room. You got pet odors, litter box odors. I know someone who keeps one in the uh, room where their pet's litter box is to wipe out those odors. So litter box odors, stinky pet odors, uh, stinky kitchen odors, cooking odors, smoke odors, you name it. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm works to eliminate those odors. You get three of them for less than $200. Save $200. Get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You can plug it up directly into the wall or plug it into a car with a USB cord. You can hold it in your hand and it packs a wall up. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Uh, Across the country, if your business is growing, you want to buy a building, build a building, buy a franchise, expand a franchise, reach out to First Liberty. They might be able to help you. $250,000 deals and more, FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, There's breaking news happening right now. John Krusel, who is the Supreme Court reporter for Reuters, uh, says that Reuters has learned Georgia will be charging President Trump with violation of the state RICO Act. This happening right now. Um, He says, according to court documents, uh, they intend to file under RICO. Um, And the grand jury is still uh, presenting as of this moment uh, the Fulton County prosecutors are presenting their evidence. Uh, multiple witnesses have been called. The lieutenant governor of the state is not expected to test, former lieutenant governor, not expected to testify until tomorrow. However, uh, Reuters is learning that the paperwork has at least been drafted uh, for recommendation to the grand jury. So the prosecutors filing paperwork to recommend to the grand jury RICO charges in the state of Georgia, which might be ratified either today or tomorrow. That's happening right now. A little bit of confusion in the way Reuters is reporting this, uh, but it does appear based on Reuters reporting that the district attorney for Fulton County, Georgia, which is where Atlanta is, uh, has prepared the paperwork to file indictments against Donald Trump and multiple other unnamed parties for a violation of the state RICO statutes. Um, That is happening right now. The grand jury, however, is still meeting. It is not a done deal uh, because the grand jury is still meeting. However, it's rare for the grand jury to reject it. Um, I have reason to believe the grand jury will embrace the charges. Um, Again, This is Reuters. They're the only one reporting it at the moment. Uh, And it seems to be a little bit of a communications breakdown on the part with Reuters because it is that the prosecutors have prepared the paperwork for the indictment, not that the grand jury has returned an indictment. The grand jury has to return the indictment, not the district attorney. Uh, And the grand jury has not yet done that. Uh, There have been a number of uh, individuals who have testified 
so far in the grand jury. They're also submitting the testimony that was in the special grand jury. The special grand jury is the one that ultimately recommended charges but had no power to indict. So the special grand jury that met earlier this year interviewing the governor, the secretary of state, and others prepared a recommendation to this grand jury. This grand jury, having now reviewed the special grand jury's uh, recommendations and interviewed additional supplemental witnesses, appears to have received the paperwork from the district attorney to prepare an indictment against the former president and will render its judgment here uh, either today or possibly tomorrow. And it does look like President Trump will officially be indicted by the state of Georgia in Fulton County um, probably tomorrow, no later than Thursday, giving the security arrangements. Now, what did he actually say to Brad Raffensperger? I, my friends, have the audio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.